their offensive line, nicknamed the Hogs by line coach Joe Bugle, began to control the tempo of the game with a play called 50 Gut. Joe Jacoby and Russ Grimm, the two Hogs that time with the big blocks. John Riggins, the diesel getting warm. Drag up that diesel. Oh, um, oh, um, oh, um. Let's go diesel. Good afternoon and welcome to another 50 Gut Blog Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Paul Williams, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Corey and Cliff. Fellas, Victory Monday, how's it going? Hey, man. Victory Monday. I mean, maybe it wasn't as smooth as we all would have liked it to be, but hey, wins a win in this league. Not all victories are made equal, but hey, I'll take it where I can get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not about that Victory Monday life, so <laughs> thankfully they won, but uh, now it's on to bigger and better things. This hey, was, yesterday was the appetizer, man. We got a big game next week, so. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yesterday, the bigger thing about yesterday was just getting through it healthy, which we didn't, so we'll nope. get into that. But. No, we did not. Yes, and we will get into that, but let's start by talking about the game yesterday, Uh 26-24 squeaker over the winless 49ers at home at FedEx Field. Uh, Wrestling jumped out to an early 17-0 lead. Allowed the 49ers to get back in the game. Tied up at 17. Uh, it came down to a last drive and a couple dumb penalties by the 49ers kind of saved the Redskins. A late fuller interception kind of sealed the victory for the Skins. But uh, like we said, a, a win's a win. And... Um, in this NFL, we don't apologize for those. We just take them where we can get them and uh, move on to the next week. Hey, you don't get ratings for uh, certain stats and certain however many points you put on the board and making it pretty. You got a win column and an L column. We got the W. That's all that matters, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not. I, I do not like to be a prisoner at the moment when it comes to stuff like this. So No. Yes, and people th- seem to forget that the 49ers prior to yesterday had played four straight games that were decided by 11 points. Two of them were in overtime. So despite their record, and, and they aren't a good team, they're void of talent in the last spots. But, um, you know, they played us tough. We knew that it wouldn't come in here and just lay down for us, especially with guys like Kyle Shanahan and Pierre Garçon and, and Logan Paulson and Aldrich Robinson, former Redskins, who wanted uh, some sort of revenge, I'm sure. They weren't going to come in here and just give us a, a W. They fought hard, and luckily we made enough plays in the end to make it, to make it work. Hey, they definitely wanted to win. Kyle sent them all out there for captains, so we know. The, they the hell does Lo- what the hell did Logan Paul say? <laughs> Magic Robinson want revenge for? <laughs> they were all C's yesterday, captains. Like, but what is their what is their beef? That's a good question. I thought Logan had a decent career here. Because, like we, many we, people, they hate Daniel Snyder. I don't know. I don't know. Daniel Snyder. Like, they hate the man that was cutting them checks. Yeah, like come on. Like, I think like, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that hate people that cut them checks. <laughs> Uh, I think generally if someone is cutting you checks the size that those players make, that that is not the person you tend to hate. Exactly. Hey, I'm just throwing out conspiracy theories, but I'll save that for the conspiracy theory podcast. The hell, when the hell do you think Logan Paulson <laughs> ever even got to speak to Daniel Snyder? What do they have to speak about? <laughs> he, saw him the, tight end. He, see, he would see him in the parking lot. Hey, nah, he doesn't. He doesn't even have the park on the side. Dan parks on. All right. Yeah. He, he turns to <laughs> Dan turns to Bruce like, "Did we order a lumberjack?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, Logan made some plays when he was here, man. I, I never I mean I know that was Paul's guy, but I never was really high on it. But I'm gonna say this for the last time. For the last time. <laughs> y'all gonna stop assigning me bums on this podcast. I'm tired of it. 
Cliff, whose guy is that, Cliff? Nah, that's that's definitely Paul's guy. I remember a few years back, Paul used to talk about how great a blocker he was. This is before Paul started actually getting to play a lot. Paul hit us with that he's serviceable. Right. But I guess we were just so bad that I guess, you know, you had to like somebody, right? Exactly. Hey, see, see, I I would rather cape for somebody like Logan Paulson than Corey, who capes for Sleepy Davis over there. Sleepy Davis. See, you know my thing about the league and how shit, shit is viewed week to week is that the Eagles played back to back. They played the Giants and the Chargers, right? Mm-hmm. They needed a 61-yard field goal to beat the Giants. Mm-hmm. No one said a word about whether they were a good team after that. The they following crowned. week, they played the Chargers. They win by the exact same score we won by yesterday. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're stamped to win the division. Uh, I don't know. Like that's, I think that's the most annoying thing with the NFL is that people will completely change who, who is really good, who's bad, literally based on the last Sunday where games were played. Yep. Nothing else matters before that. It's a stupid league when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> it really is. Agreed. Because we go through this every year. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's let's start off with talking about the offense. In our little position-by-position breakdown yesterday, let's start with the quarterback. Kirk Cousins had another efficient day, 25-37, 300 yards, two tutties, another one on the ground. Threw a, a pick that wasn't really that uh, that bad, in my opinion. Kind of just threw it up there on third down and worked like a punt. So, um, oh, yeah. Boy. I mean, no. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I, I know I, I, I said during the pick, game. Yeah. A pick is a pick. And you shouldn't throw any picks, but I'm not gonna kill him over that pick. It, it I know costs I the game. I said that during the game that that is like a punt. I guess that wasn't an endorsement of the interception. But with that said, because I don't know what the hell he was doing. Yeah, come on. <laughs> what was it like? Third and twelve, third and thirteen, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was third and long. Third and long. It like, yeah, it might have been like third and fifteen. But I could have sworn that's why we purchased or we signed those uh, big targets in the offseason. I mean, if, if you're going to do a play like that, at least give him an opportunity to catch the football. But but he didn't. I don't think he was trying to give anybody an opportunity. It he just, like threw, he it just threw the ball up. He's like fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's fine for me. That's fine. I have less a problem with that pick than I do him. Let's say throwing a dumb pick to a linebacker when he's trying to hit Terrell Pryor on on a slant pattern, and the guy takes to the house because it you know it, oh, no, it, it's just not as costly. No doubt. I mean, sure, as far as picks go. Um, I know his numbers looked good, I, and I know people will be mad at me. I don't think he played that great a game yesterday. He seemed, he he's, especially when, in terms of, like, throwing the ball down the field, he was very inaccurate, like, in from the start. Even the announcers actually mentioned yeah. that. I don't know if y'all noticed, but they were like, Washington's been off on the deep play all day long. Yeah, was, like passes were sailing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he hit Vernon on that, that seam route again, but. Well, seems anybody... to be our go- that's, that seems to be our go-to play this year. I didn't mean to cut you off, Cliff, but that just... play to Vernon Davis is like yeah. to people up. Yeah, I'm just worried because we don't seem to make it. Like, the big, we've been getting the big plays. We got the big play from Vernon again, mm-hmm. right? Then Thompson we've got screens. the plays from Thompson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went that's from captain it. check down to captain yak yards. But that's it. <laughs> like, we're not getting – it doesn't seem like we are getting the kind of – Chunk plays. Yeah, where it's like – where because it just, I'm, just, I'm just left worried right now because I don't feel like the receivers are getting any targets. Well, do you think that has more to do with Gruden and the play calling or Cousins and his accuracy, or is it just the wide receivers just not being as good as the guys who were here last year? 
they don't get targets. I mean, Dotson had three targets. But do you think there's a reason that he's not getting targets? Yeah, because the quarterback's not targeting. He's just not throwing him the ball. Like, like even Jordan Reed. Reed is basically – what is he in our offense now? He's a complimentary player. Which is ridiculous. I don't know how long you can survive relying on Vernon Davis and Chris Thompson. Well, the book's out. And the fact that Chris Thompson is still putting up yards is, is astounding to me because you saw it yesterday. They were keying on all the third and long screen passes to him. On one, he actually breaks out and gets a 65-yard gain. I'm sorry, a 49-yard gain. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. confusing that game with the Oakland game. But, um, yeah, just uh, it, it's not going to last. It isn't going to last. And right now you're you're kind of gambling week to week by not including the wide receivers in the game plan and just focusing on these two guys because Vernon Davis uh, got a big play yesterday on the same exact play that Justin Houston was burned on two Monday nights ago. It was no, the same exact play. It was like four verts. He's a four verts, right? It looks like it's yep. all yep. But, but see, it's not, I think the, bigger, the more concerning thing for me is that I don't feel like our talent is being utilized. I feel like our three best passing weapons have been completely underutilized this season. I mean, what? Reed was four, had four catches, 37 yards. Crowder had three, 15 yards. Dotson had one for 11 and a touch. These are they've been turned in our, into auxiliary players. Jeez. I, so I, I I don't understand why that is. I know people. I'm not, and I'm not even saying, well, this is Cousins' fault. It's just a matter of why is it that our offense looks our offense looks very pedestrian. Mm-hmm. It just does. Thompson is saving us, especially in the passing game. And it's helped that we have not played any dominant defenses. But it makes me worried because <laughs> what happens when you play a good defense? At some point, you got to make a play down the field, right? Yeah, That's- like I just, uh, Cousins did a, did a solid job. You play, you know, he did a solid job. But you know, I got my concerns with Kirk. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to bash him too much. I mean, like Paul said, I say he had a good stat line. He was sacked one time. I still think the pick was – I mean, it's a punt, but I just think he could have done better on that pass attempt. You can't right. tell me you couldn't have done more. But at some point, we're going to have to open up the passing game because we're not going to be able to rely on Thompson with these 50-yard screens. And at some point, old man Vernon is not going to outrun an outside linebacker. It's just – it's not going to happen. Every Honestly, I, that I don't know about because I don't – I question whether there is an outside linebacker who can run with Vernon. I was kind of surprised. I was surprised he got that separation versus Armstrong yesterday because Ray Ray Armstrong was fast back in his Miami days. Yeah, Vernon, Vernon surprised me. Vernon's in incredible shape. He's spry. He spry for an I, old man. It's just like, I don't even, I think my bigger concern is I don't even see chances being taken. Well, you I will say this, saying? Cliff, to your point. We've seen this for the past two seasons with Cousins where he starts out slow. And I, I've been the one saying kind of that come November, he always turns it on. And maybe it's just a, whoa, whoa, we're just whoa. kind of had amnesia that, okay, Kirk, but, Kirk just isn't that great down the field early in the season. But you no. remember – Go ahead, Corey. I was just going to say, Cliff, on the bomb that he threw the one time, the Dotson, not this week, but the one that he threw um, a couple weeks ago versus the Raiders. You remember in Gruden's press conference when he was like, you know, usually, well, Kirk, he does not like to take those chances. He doesn't like to throw that ball. So if the head coach knows that, I mean – it's kind of obvious why we're not taking chances right. down the field, don't you? And think? it's like, what do you mean you don't like yeah, throwing that I ball? I don't understand it either. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, 
He's afraid uh, for it to get picked. He doesn't want to turn it over pretty much. No, I, I feel like he just wants to. T- it seems like he is is very risk averse. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the issue is here. But that's not breaking news exactly, Cliff. That no, 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 no. But he's risk averse, yet he still makes mistakes. So it's not like he is risk averse in an Aaron Rodgers way where there are going to be no turnovers generally ever. Mm-hmm. He still makes mistakes. Definitely. So if you've only done this one time. Mm-hmm. He has not thrown the ball downfield to Doxon since that play. Nope. That doesn't make any sense. Again, Dotson, one catch, 11 yards for a touchdown, three total targets. And I know Dotson was barely on the field yesterday, mm-hmm. but come on, man. Oh, my thing is you don't like – okay, he's thrown two balls downfield to receivers. Mm-hmm. There was the Peters one. Peters' ball should have been picked off. Yeah. Prior gets the push off. The Dotson one, Dotson makes a hell of a play. Mm-hmm. But this is why you throw the ball up. You give him a chance. Because how are we, we – we don't get any pass interference calls down the field because we don't throw the ball down the field. Nope. Again, so, folks, this is not bashing Kirk. Yeah, the people I, out there. I, understand what we're talking about. No, no, this no. is more just me, like, concerned going down the, as the season goes on because mm-hmm. I don't think your offense can survive like this. No. I don't. I just don't think I – I just don't see it happening. No. All right. Well, let's, let's go ahead and give Cousins a grade and move on to the rest of the offense so we can get to the play calling and – and the receivers and what they did. Um, I'm going to start off by giving him – I'll give him a, a solid B, maybe a B minus. Nine receivers touched the ball yesterday. Yes, your your comments about not going downfield have been noted, but um, I'm not going to kill Kirk on a day where he accounts for three scores and only has one turnover. Yeah, not at all. I mean, well, I, I'll give B. him a B minus. I don't think, I don't think a B not, minus is a bad grade. I, I am not – see, I'm not killing Kirk for the way he plays today. I am just t- like we're supposed to win yesterday's game, mm-hmm. so I can't spend my whole day just evaluating how he played against them. Like other quarterbacks have had great success versus team, mm-hmm. right? It's just the more concerned with like how much longer are we gonna be able to do this when mm-hmm. we're just not getting any chunk our chunk plays come off a screen or a mm-hmm. seam out the running Davis. Mm-hmm. He gets a B. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the running backs. Uh, Underwhelming day. Uh, the rushing yesterday was 33 for 94, a, a very paltry 2.8 yards per carry mm. average. They got a touchdown on, on a Kirk keeper in the red zone. Uh, uh, just a, a bad day all around by all the backs, and that has something to do with the way the up front was blocked. But um, I'm going to talk a little bit about Samaje Piran and what he did. Uh, he fumbled twice in the two of the games, and we knew that there weren't going to be options at running back, knowing that. Uh, Rob Kelly was going to be out yesterday. Uh, he got the start. He got, you know, the most of the carries. And, um, you know, just 9 for 23. It's, it doesn't really look like he's seeing any holes. It looks like he's just kind of a plotter running into crowds. And it's almost like he's patient to a fault. Which, I mean, I can't really knock somebody from being patient trying to set up their blocks. But um, it doesn't look like he's really just grasped the speed of the NFL yet. But um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, all around, the run game was piss poor, but let's be honest. But again, we also knew San Francisco's front was – that was their strength. They're up, up front, they're tough. I mean, you, we were trying to run the ball. We, we stuck with it a little while longer than I thought we would. I thought we would try to open up a little bit more. But, I mean, obviously the stats, they're, they're, they're pathetic. It's, <laughs> it's pathetic. And don't forget the, about the pass that he called on the sideline where he damn near got popped and almost fumbled that one. Uh, run game – 
I don't know, man. We're dumping the ball off to our running backs a lot. Those are runs to me. Right? Like, I can't, I can't, I said this just when we were watching the game. Like, I can't just view our running game through our total rushing yards because our leading wide receiver is a running back. I was going to say, so basically, we're counting Thompson's catches and his yards as rushing. Seemingly. Because, like, he is a heavy part of our offense. Mm -hmm. It might not be always in just like raw rushing totals, but it seems like that is an extension of our running game. I also feel like P. Ryan might just be a better back when he gets a lot of touches. Get nine carries. Nine carries is not a lot. Like the games where I've seen him, the the only game where he got a lot of carries and he played well was versus the Rams and he got a lot of carries that day. And as the game went on, his totals went up. So he started to wear on that defense. Yeah. I find it hard to be too hard on him. I mean, he didn't fumble. I know he fumbled on that pass, but he was out of bounds, so it's like whatever. Chris Thompson fumbled the first carry of the game yesterday. Yeah, he he did. He (laughs) did. uh, I kind of wanted to see Mac Brown get more touches yesterday. Two wasn't enough for him. They put him on that third and one where both Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed whiffed on their blocks. uh, Completely whiffed. Complete whiff. And I'll, I'll get to that. Later on, we'll we'll grade Gruden and his play calling too because I have a little bit of beef with him as well. But um, yeah, he needs to touch the ball more. And I know how it, though, Paul. How? By giving them more carries and less to somebody else. So like, well, listen, Chris okay. only had sixteen. See, here's the problem. Only had sixteen. No, here's the problem, guys. I hear people <laughs> complain about Chris Thompson not getting enough touches. Chris Thompson had twenty touches yesterday. Mm-hmm. Hey. I don't got nine carries. More touches, but I'm not say, that's not to say Matt Brown shouldn't get more touches. But what I'm saying is there isn't an infinite amount of touches. Is there, there really isn't. And the truth is he's down on the depth chart. This is life when you're the third back. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe give the ball to Matt Brown instead of running a fullback screen to a former wide receiver slash tight end on the goal line. How about that? They called a goal line play. Hey, if it I'll works. No one would have cared. I, I like the call. I just didn't like the player he ran it with. I like the call, actually. He got stuffed. It's like, uh, I, I can't trip off, like, these anecdotal, like, one play. When you're the third back, you're probably not going to get that many carries. But that's just how it is. That's why when we had talked about this before, like, about having him be the fourth back, mm-hmm. it's like, where are the carries going to come from? Maybe we should get Mac involved in the, re- in the return game or something. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, I any, we need to, we need to do something to get the ball in his hands. All right. What, what round we take? I, what round we take? P. Run fourth. Fourth. Okay. Going into the season, everybody was very high on P. Run. Correct. They said he's he going to be the starter. A lot of people said that. Okay. So I, I just feel like we can't just. I know people are quick to say let's, and I like Mike Mac Brown, but it's like you're the third back. I can, like, they're just not going to be a lot of carries for well, you. Well, let me, let me ask a question before we give them a grade. If you know that the running game has been poor to this season, with the exception of the Rams game, and I guess you can throw the Raiders game in there as well. The Raiders were not really giving a lot of resistance up front. But that being said, if you know the running back and the running game has been underwhelming, then what does it hurt to give Mac Brown more carries? But that's assuming... But is the running game solely on the running backs? No, 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 no. no, no, no. And I, I think not I start by saying that the upfront blocking wasn't where it was supposed to be right. yesterday. So it's like I can't be like Piran. You, you're you only had nine carries. That's you did not do well enough. Hey, Mac, here's four carries now. <laughs> so, you see what I'm saying? Like it's not like mm-hmm. th- th- he's gonna get way more carries. 
he would essentially be getting a couple more touches. If if Brown was the type of player who had like this explosiveness to him in like a you know, like in a special auxiliary back type of way, sure. But I don't really think our offense is lacking five carries a game from Mac Brown. You know what I mean? That's, no, I just, hear that's you. just how I see it. I hear you. No, I hear you. I definitely hear you. Yeah. All right, so let's give these guys a grade. Um, Corey, why don't you start us off? I mean, I'm going to give him a C just because we won the game. I can't give him a failing grade. Like we said, the stats weren't the best, but if we do take into consideration Thompson's numbers through the air, through the screen game, four catches, 105 yards, if we put that a part of the run game, you would say that that does look good. But overall, I mean, they got to get better. I'm going to give them a C. Uh, I'm going to give them a B. Chris Thompson has – that's his third 100-yard receiving game of the year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On pace for 1,000. He'd be the first running back to have 1,000 yards receiving since Marshall Falk. Think about since, that. Since my favorite running back of all time, Marshall Falk. Mm-hmm. And, dude, there's some receivers out there that aren't getting 100. Does Dez have a 100-yard game this year? He might not have a 100-yard no. game in the past, like, year, honestly. No. Yeah. I called him washed. I was mocked. Like people, I I know who doesn't have a hundred yard game this year. Your boy Jarvis Landry. <laughs> oh my God! Why are we talking to the Dolphins? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Does Julio have one? I don't think Julio has one. This no, year. Julio. I don't think Julio got one. And Julio doesn't even have a touchdown. I know because my fantasy team is garbage. Agreed. You can blame you can blame Sarkeesian for that. Uh, yeah, I give him a B. Uh, I'll split the difference. C plus. I mean, they were good in, in the receiving game. Chris Thompson obviously is the stud. I think the Reds have the best screen game in football, by the way. It is dynamic when, when they get yeah. it going. But mm-hmm. it's looking like it. Yeah. C plus. P Ryan Carr touchdown pass too. I gotta give you a B. Yeah. He yeah. caught one through there. It definitely did. When when that ball was floating in the air, I was like seventy eight percent sure he was dropping it though. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, we're just picking on P Ryan now. No, I'm not picking <laughs> on P Ryan. Just the ball was like lofted in front of him. He made a good play. It was a good play. P Ryan doesn't have a history of catching it. I'm sorry, go My ahead. bad, Paul. But he, just doesn't, he doesn't have a history of catching a lot of passes, right? At OU, he probably caught, like, what, 10 balls, they said? No, he didn't catch that many in college. Yeah. It's just, like, I almost feel like in the moment, if the quarterback throws, like, a strike to you, you're more likely to catch it when he puts it in the air and puts a lot of air in it, and you're like, okay, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch mm-hmm. it. Tough you catch, know, though. Hell of a catch. Yeah. Hell of a catch. Yeah. All right, let's go on to the wide receivers. And we can throw tight ends in there as well because, you know, our tight ends don't block. They're not linemen. Nope. Yeah. So, uh, like I mentioned, nine receivers, cat passes, led by Chris Thompson. He went for 105. Our leading wide receiver was Ryan Grant, three for 39. I don't want to hear any more Ryan Grant slander on my timeline, on the blog, on the podcast. Nope. For what he is, which is somebody who is a third or fourth wide receiver who fills in admirably when called upon, there's no Mm -hmm. more slander. Nope. For him. None coming from me, bro. Don't want to hear it. Nope. Every time Ryan Grant gets an opportunity, they throw him the ball. More than likely, he comes down with the catch. Yeah, runs runs Chris routes. He blocks. No complaints with Ryan Grant anymore. Don't want to hear it. You will get muted. <laughs> oh, the the mute button has been uh, such a glorious find for me this year. <laughs> Matumbo with the blocks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Charles Pryor had a pretty pedestrian day. Three catches for twenty three yards. And most of them came in the first half. Josh Doxson didn't ke- catch a pass after. First drive, one for a mm. touchdown, but uh, he needs to play more. Only 19 plays. It, I just I, I want to know why he's not playing more. I, I, I just I need somebody to explain that to me. You spent a first round pick on him. 
you talk about all summer how you need him. You need him to play. And then he plays and he's healthy and you only give him a handful of snaps. Well, I, I meant to tell you guys, I don't know if you saw Gruden's press conference, but somebody asked him about Dotson getting more playing time. And they said um, apparently Gruden's going to move Dotson to the X this week. He's supposed to get more looks at the X, which I'm assuming that's prior spot. Yeah, yeah. Th- that pretty much means <laughs> you're mm-hmm. now supplanting mm-hmm. yep. prior. As, but as the didn't I say? Didn't I say before the bye week <laughs> that's what would happen? Hey, well, he gave prior one more shot this week. He had see. three for twenty three. Oh, I'm three for twenty three. First of all, prior should have had a touchdown catch. Yeah, he should have. When I can get into why he didn't have one, but he mm-hmm. should have had a touchdown catch. No, no doubt. I don't think these guys have been really given an opportunity to make plays as a group. Like, I just haven't seen the opportunities. There were drops uh, early in the season by Pryor. Besides that, as a group, have they really been given chances? No. I just I don't feel like they have, man. Like, I, the wide receivers in particular. Like, Crowder is, like, going into the year, if I had told you that Reed and Crowder would basically be complementary players to our offense, these guys are not the focal point of our offense at all. I would have said you lost your mind. Me. Yep, no chance. Yeah. It seemed, it seemed like we tried to get Crowder more involved earlier in the game yesterday, though. Yeah, I mean, they gave him that jet sweep on the first play yeah. of the game, one for 11 yards. And I was like, okay, all right. Now Crowder's going to be a part of the offense again. I, I don't know where he's been for the first month, but uh, he's back. And he only caught three passes the rest of the day for 15 yards. Uh, it. it I, I don't know. I don't know. I know the Reds need to stick to the run because Kirk is best in play action. I think I saw a stat today from PFF saying he's the best play action quarterback in the league this year so far. So you need to run the ball. But for, for Jordan Reed and Ryan Grant and, and Jameson Crowder and these guys to just be complimentary players, it, it's irresponsible almost because you need them to make plays. They're the best players on your team. Wait, but this is where the questions are. It's like, why is it like this? The opportunities. Like, yeah, like these guys just aren't getting chances. I said it yesterday during the game. I'm like, this is not a run game today. Mm-mm. All the advantages we had versus that team, yep, were at receiver, mm-hmm. tight end. Like this is this is a very poor secondary. They're young. They've been getting torched. Yep. Right. I, we did not. It did. Like we just didn't seem to take advantage of it. I know Kirk's numbers don't say that. But I don't feel like we were just out here throwing the ball all over them, cutting them up. I just don't. And, and that's what I was expecting yesterday. So I can't, it's hard for me to put a whole lot in the receivers because I don't feel like they've been, get, they've been given a lot of opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I definitely I'm agree. You. I'm with you. All right, let's give these guys a grade. Um, kind of hard to grade them when they don't have the opportunities. But, uh, I mean, I can't really take anything away from them. They just weren't really productive. Uh, well, when they had the opportunity, just say when they had the opportunities, they made a few yeah. plays. B minus. I mean, I'll give them a B minus. Yeah. That's fine. They played fine. Good, not great. Not C bad plus. or average. Just I have okay. to go to C plus. You took my grade, Cliff, but I'm with you. C plus. I can't I can't really give you <laughs> we won the game, so I'm gonna give you a passing grade, but you didn't you didn't stand out. Obviously that comes back to the opportunities, but uh, C right. C plus. All right, let's move on to the O line. Uh didn't really open a lot of run lanes yesterday. I mean, I, I had mentioned on last week's podcast that the four Niners were going to be very stout, especially to just a casual football fan who doesn't know that Solomon Thomas, DeForest Buckner, and, and Eric Armstead are one of the best up-and-coming defensive lines in football. They probably mm-hmm. were a little shocked to see such a good O-line being handled up front. But uh, 
you know, they gave us a formidable challenge. Our offensive line struggled at times. Kirk only was sacked once yesterday, which was a positive. Obviously, you don't want to see your quarterback ever touch the ground. But, um, you know, Trent Williams was a game-time decision. And I think I read something today that said that it was literally just like if he knew that there was nobody backing him up because TJ Clemmings is basically nobody, that he wouldn't have played. But um, mm-hmm. he, you know, was a captain and a leader and, and knew that his team needed him. And he put his body on the line and he played well. And uh, I, I saw it play today that Sheriff got a, a flag on. My man's a dog. I don't give a damn about that penalty. He's a dog, dog. out there. Dog. Dog. <laughs> He's a dog. <laughs> Even Corey's man, Sean LaValle, played well yesterday. I got to give him that. <laughs> oh, he's my man now. Lubao's <laughs> my man. Oh, I'm a, I'm assigning bums just like y'all do. <laughs> How's it feel? <laughs> um, I don't know. I I don't think they played bad. I, I just feel like we. I don't know what how to like diagnose this right because we are running the ball every first down. Right, we run the ball every first down. Mm-hmm. We got up 17 nothing. We clearly decided we were going to run the ball until we got the hell out of there. So I, we're not playing against bums. You're not, like, not going to be able to lie. This isn't like playing against some FCS school or something where you're just like, well, we're up 17 nothing. Let's just run the ball. Or nah, it's just not going to work like that. It's not going to work like that. I thought yesterday would be a passing game. I can't really – obviously, you would like more rushing yards, but – they barely touch Kirk. We should have been torching that team mm-hmm. in the passing game. We mm-hmm. really should have been. I was disappointed. Like I'm not. I didn't think it's a play calling thing because I don't really know why this is. What does it say to me if the coach is only running the ball in first down? What does that say he thinks about his quarterback? So like I don't know. Like I feel like these are questions that I need to get see answered. And we can't really knock the old line. Now, nah, I didn't mean to cut you off, Cliff, but they gave up one sack. I mean, like you said, if the quarterback's not taking the opportunities down the field to hit his receivers. I mean, he's getting time. He was only sacked once. It's not like he was under duress, under pressure all day. It wasn't the old line's best game, but I can't downgrade them for us not, you know, making more plays in the passing game. But see, my thing is, it's not even like more plays in the passing game. Why are we running the ball every first down? That's a great question. Yeah, yeah that's what I want to talk about. Before we get off the subject online real quick, let's give them a grade. Um, I'll give them a solid C, just uh, an average day from them. and uh, Yeah, just an average day. I'm going to give them a B just because the big fella, best left tackle in the game, played his ass off, and he shouldn't even have been playing, apparently, from what they've told us. Yeah, give him a B. Him. Yeah, right. I got to give him a B. All right, let's talk a little bit about the play calling yesterday because I, I, I wanted to talk about that. I'm glad – Cliff brought it up. Uh, every first down, they're running the ball. Um, they're running the ball, and um, very it's setting up a lot of. I remember one drive where they actually went down the field and scored, but it was literally first and ten. Okay, second and twelve. Okay, third and thirteen. Big play first down. Mm-hmm. First and ten. Okay, second and nine. Third and eleven. Big play first down. You can't live like that. That's, nope. that's bound to fail at some point. Mm-hmm. I think fail next week if we do it again. Oh yeah, next week that's not gonna fly versus Philly. No way. No, no, Mm-mm. because it's, it's not even it's not gonna fly. It's just like, I, see, I'm not. My concern isn't even whether it's gonna fly. I just want to know what is this saying? Do you not trust the receiving core? Because the other teams we see, 
You tell me what teams are running that ball, the ball that much on first down. Actually, I'm going to try to look it up and see who runs the ball most on first down. I guarantee you the quarterbacks of those teams are trash. Come from, are, exactly. So, and I'm not saying because the group thinks because it's trash. I am just saying this is a decision he made after the first game. He is stuck with it. So what is this? What is he trying to tell us mm-hmm. by running the ball every single first down? Maybe he doesn't trust him. Because that was one of the biggest criticisms about Gruden when he was in Cincinnati and the first couple of years here was that he didn't run the ball enough. Now we're running it every first down. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I don't Mm. know. Mm. Uh, I have a problem with that uh, last drive. And and Gruden came out and said it yesterday after the game that uh, on that that last drive to, to salt away the game, and to clinch one first down would have mean just taking three knees and running out the ball, running out the clock, I should say. And you run it three times and you punt it back to them with a minute left and two timeouts. Or, no, I'm sorry, they had no timeouts at that point. But you still get getting the ball back with a minute left. Um, I, I don't know. I, I know that y'all said he doesn't trust Kirk. But you, you got a team that was moving the ball at will in the second half against you. And you're only up two due to a, a missed extra point. I feel like you needed to be a little more aggressive and secure that win right then and there and not give them the ball back. Luckily, they didn't score on that last drive, but um, I don't know. I, I have a problem with that. I really do. No, I, I don't. Because to me, I think it's something that people knock. It's This is how I look at it with coaches. There are certain things coaches do that it's easy for a fan to be like, well, we should not have done that. But then you gotta remember that this coach has to both explain this to his players mm-hmm. and the media after. We've been throwing short passes all game. You tell me a scenario where you thought that based on the way our offense has been running passing game-wise over the last few weeks, that you would have trusted them to throw the ball in third and eight in that scenario. I mean, I hear what you're saying, but maybe don't run the same play three times in a row. Maybe just yeah. don't. Maybe don't. And right, also, but you know, one incompletion, we would have lost that game. Explain, you, Cliff. Explain that. They would have had. There'd have been way more time on the clock. I mean, yeah, definitely. One incompletion, definitely, would have given them a minute thirty-five. Yeah, as opposed to a minute. Yeah, and I think we would have lost that game. Right. So I don't know. Like that's kind of where I see it on that. No, that's fair. That's, that's a fair point. Fair point. I just think that you know, scared money don't make money. And I know that this team is. If you need to go where you where we think this team is headed, then you, you gotta take some chance and take some risk. And maybe that would have been different, winning and losing. But I have a lot less problem with them losing on a gutsy call than they do. Oh no, again, no, no! Oh, because wait, wait, wait. because they could have easily lost yesterday anyway. Yeah, but you know what they said to themselves? C.J. Beathard isn't going <laughs> like mm-hmm. they kind of looked over there and said, "Well, C.J. Beathard's not gonna." Because mm-hmm. we can say he was lining us up. He was nineteen to thirty-six. Yeah. Feel like feel like we laid back a little bit more in the second half when he yeah, came in because of the because of the injuries in the secondary. Like I felt mm-hmm. like we had to make some changes. I don't feel like they were just like shredding us. No. So no. Yeah. If I can but, punt the ball to C.J. Bethlehem and say, yeah, I got 80 yards with a minute left, I don't think he would do that verse. Oh, well, he did it against Michigan, didn't he, last year? <laughs> Damn. He did. He did. 
I wasn't even setting myself up for that. Throwing low, really bo- low blows out that here on Bakery blow. Monday. That was a low blow. Low blows out here today. I'm just saying, <laughs> if, if it's like we can give him a minute, see, I go 80 yards. I mean, if you give C.J. Beathard a minute and he beats you, then you're probably not that good. Right. Didn't we say that right. yesterday? But, like, which, is why, which is why you get gutsy with the play call. No, I hear you. But no, again. that's why you don't get gutsy. This is not the time for guts. We saw the Steelers do this yesterday, right? Didn't the Steelers decide to run the ball three straight times and it's when they knew they weren't going to get a first down and just pump the ball back? Mm-hmm. Like, I, that's just – obviously, it's conservative. But this team has no timeouts. We're not giving you a time because we've essentially been giving them potentially mm-hmm. a timeout. Mm-hmm. And like I said, if they had an extra 35 seconds on that clock, I'm, I think we would have lost that game. Well, I hear you, though, on saying we should take more chances, be a little bit more gutsy. But like I said a little earlier in the pod, the coach told us the quarterback doesn't like to make certain throws, certain passes down the field. So, yeah, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised at the lack of attempts going downfield when the coach told us the quarterback doesn't like doing it. And that. frankly, this is going to sound like I'm knocking Kirk. I don't trust him in scenarios like that. And you know what, Cliff? Gruden probably doesn't trust him either. I just I don't trust him in those kind of scenarios. So hmm. maybe my, I'm, uh, no chance am I throwing the ball in this scenario. I maybe my beef him. with that last drive stems from just what I perceive as just bland play calling this season in general. Maybe it's just a, a carryover. It's like, I don't think the play calling has been great, so I take the opportunity to kill wow. him whenever I have a chance. And see, I, I don't mean to kill see, Gruden. The thing Gruden's is, fine. I don't think – I think the play calling is the play calling of a coach – who does not believe that his quarterback is capable of making up for the clear flaws in the talent on the team? Right. You, you know, Cliff knows. Season. You know, Cliff means what he says when he starts clapping. That's how you know he means business. Because last season, <laughs> last season we had all this talent that we did. So there will be games where we come out and we're just throwing the ball everywhere. Mm-hmm. We tried to adverse the Eagles. Gruden said, "Nah." We can't do it this year. We're going to scrap that plan. And, if, and when you think about it, what it has done is we are three and two. Okay. We have two losses. One team, it's to two teams that have what, two losses combined? Mm-hmm. The first game of the year, we were terrible, lost that game. And a game we could have won. What mm-hmm. happened? Why did we lose that game? Driving late, the quarterback threw an interception. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs game we lost because we literally ran out of players on defense. So this has kept us in games, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think I think that's the reason why he's sticking with it. But it says a lot. It says a lot. So it's it a about lot your quarterback if you can't <laughs> let him throw the ball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, fair point. All right, let's let's move on to the defense side of the ball. And let's start with the defensive line. Uh, hey, I know we we talked about this in the past weeks, and I I was kind of worried it was a mirage with Matt Ioannidis. Nope. Nah, he's the real deal. And mm-hmm. and it's kind of a testament to how fans, and myself included, need to be more patient with these draft picks. Because last year, last year he <laughs> last year he wasn't contributing at all. He was active for only a handful of games. And when he played, he wasn't doing anything. This year, he looks like a totally different player. I mean, he's collapsing the pocket on every pass play. He's getting sacks. I think he's on pace for 11, which is absurd from a defensive tackle, especially one that didn't play at all last year. Had a sack and yeah. a half yesterday. Yeah, I think I read on PFF today that behind Aaron Dowell, he's the most dominant pass rusher from a defensive tackle. Jeez. Period. This year. Mm. Oh, he had four QB hits NFL. yesterday. Four. Jeez. Four QB hits. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's beautiful to watch, man. Isn't it? Isn't it? Mm. Yeah, man. And just lined up next to Jonathan Allen, you have something solid that you can lean on for years to come. It's just I can't wait to see what these guys can do together. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, hopefully they add some pieces around them. And um, But, yeah, the D-line played great. Uh, Didn't give up much on the ground. I think their leading rusher was Carlos Hyde, but I think he only had, what, 28 yards on 13 carries. Didn't really show up that much. They only give 85 yards on the ground total. And, um, yeah, I mean, they were great. I have no complaints about them. Not one complaint about that front line, man. We've been over this many a times. <laughs> we've seen many years where we've been ran through, getting gashed for 4.5, 5 yards carry, no pass rush. Now it's like, who is this team that's lining up on Sundays? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I, 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 could, you could, there's no way you could have told me Ioannidis would be playing like this. Hell no. we, <laughs> we knew about the kid John Allen because we drafted him, obviously, early in the games. We assumed he would be pretty good. But the way Ioannidis is playing, he keeps this up. I mean, Pro Bowl maybe? Yeah, maybe. Definitely kidding. I don't want to. You know what's funny is his <laughs> scouting report out of college said hmm. that he was incredibly strong. Well, I think but we didn't it. see it last year. We did not. Right. And maybe I was. Uh, that could have been for whatever reason. Obviously, Jim Tonsu was here. I'm sure that helps mm-hmm. a lot to have someone like that. Mm-hmm. Now that, that guy, uh, <laughs> he moves people, man. Mm-hmm. Man, uh, D line. I thought they were okay. I, I thought I saw like more individual. You know, not not so much as a group. There was a point in the game where it didn't feel like we were. It felt like it was like four yards of pop for the four yards, but whatever. I thought I can't complain because mm-hmm. I could trust them to get to the quarterback exactly. And mm-hmm. because of injuries, I felt like it changed our game plan again. And that's the third time this year that's happened. I feel like we got more from the inside from the D line than we did the outside, outside. linebackers yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. With that. Yeah, most definitely. So let's move on to the outside linebackers. But first, let's give the D-line a grade. Um, uh, no complaints. Uh, Cliff did mention that there was a point in the game where they were, you know, a little bit gassed and giving up more yards than they should have. But, um, you know, it, you know, Jonathan Allen got hurt, and we'll talk about that on Thursday's podcast. Is a Liz Frank injury to his foot, and he's going to be out for mm. – yeah, that's a dagger, especially with mm-hmm. Philly, Dallas, and Seattle coming up. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, no, no complaints. I'll give him a B. Hey, I'm with you. B, yeah. man. Get a nope. B. Be all <laughs> Get a around. B for me. Yep. B. All right, let's move on to the outside linebackers. Um, I'll say that they did have three sacks yesterday as a, as a group. And I know that that's not just the outside linebackers. Obviously, they're primary pass rushers, but, you know, D-line contributes to that as well. Um, I was a little bit let down that when C.J. Beathard got in the game, and I was like, all right, well, let's turn up the heat on this young kid. And they didn't really get to him as as, as early or often as I really had hoped. Um. Three sacks is a good number. You know, I'm not gonna sneeze at three sacks. That's fine. But um, you know, I wanted to see a little bit more from yesterday. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I I think, like I said, this is the third time where we've had a bunch of secondary injuries dropping like in a game, mm-hmm. and it in both times before it clearly impacted our pass rush. It did in the Rams game. Also, the Rams were moving the ball much easier. Same thing in the Chiefs game. It's hard because we – I think going into this week, we were one of the top ten blitzing teams in the league. We did not blitz much yesterday. I was just going to say it's affecting the way Minuski's calling these games. Yeah, it's hard, like, it's hard to be as aggressive as you want to be mm-hmm. when you have your secondaries constantly uh, switching in and out because of injuries. So, uh, I don't know. I would, I'm going to need to see a better game from Preston Smith next Monday, though. Absolutely. Yeah, 
I mean, Kerrigan had a sack, but he was MIA for almost three quarters, I felt like. He started out well, but, I mean, Cliff, you always kind of mention that. He just – he kind of does a disappearing act sometimes. Yeah, he goes in and out of games I was just, time. I'm just hoping for a little bit more from him. I mean, I'm not going to complain about the sack, but I, I'm expecting a little bit more from my outside linebackers. And then uh, Ryan Anderson barely played. Yeah, barely played. And this is the second week in a row where he barely played. Um, I, I don't know what his deal is. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess he's more of a situational linebacker at this point, but he, you spent a second round pick on this guy. He needs to play more. He needs to develop. But Preston Smith was also playing good football, so I mean, yeah, he's yeah. Gonna take, he's going to take yeah, some snaps. Yeah, I know there's only a certain amount of snaps he can get. That's true. But That's he, true. He, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, we did see Gillette a little bit more on the field. He didn't get a sack or anything like that, but I feel like he was on the field a little bit more than he was the previous couple of weeks. Right. Not as much pressure as we should be getting from him, but I think they're trying to get Gillette in the flow of things, trying to get his legs back because he was out there a lot yesterday. Right, 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 right. I'll give them. They get a C from me. Yeah, yeah. I give him. I give him a C plus. I give him a C plus. That's fair. Kerrigan got a sack. Preston got half a sack. I give him a C plus. Right, right. Oh, let's let's shift our attention to the inside linebackers. Zach Brown again. Loved that defensive tackles eight. I know he's dog. Yeah, he's just incredible. Just (laughs) (laughs) I I, I will say this because I I can't just be all sunshine and lollipops and all that stuff, but. uh, he struggles a little bit in pass coverage, but that was the book on him coming out of Buffalo. Yeah, like he, he's not a great for a guy who has just blinding speed for that position. He's not great in coverage, but you know th- that'll work itself out. Hopefully, you know y- you figure something out where he doesn't have to be alone with a pass catching tight end or a back in space. I like Ertz, guys. How right. many tight ends? How many linebackers are good in coverage? Oh no, I'm with you on that. Not you know, say, that's a, that, like we're talking like. We're nitpicking Keekly, right now with Zach Brown. One team has two of them. Yeah. Keekly and Davis. The rest of the league is like, <laughs> good luck finding guys who can actually do that. Right. It's hard, man. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not killing him at all. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to kill him because he, he's honestly a godsend. He, he, without him, this defense would not be nearly as good. Even with the pressure up front, he just yeah. cleans up everything that the D-line misses. So I can't really complain about what he does. 100%. Mason Foster had a quiet day, it seemed like. Yeah, he did. Only three tackles, just uh, one solo, you know. Uh, but, you know, I mean, he's not going to have ten tackles every game. You know, no. it's just that didn't work out. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, just for the fact of Zach Brown, I got to give the inside linebackers at least a B. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, we yeah, can't I mean, really they, complain. They didn't do anything yeah. for me to, to be upset with them. Uh, no, B, not B's at all. fine. B. Yeah, I'm, I'm around the same uh... – it seemed like yesterday everything was on the outside in terms mm-hmm. of the 49ers passing game. That's probably why we didn't see a lot of Mason Foster. So, yeah. Um, was Spate inactive? I know we talked about it yesterday. Was, was he dressed yesterday or no? I don't know. I don't know. Because he's not even on the list for he didn't. Even, I don't see him for anything. Yeah, he was on the field. He didn't record a single hmm, that's statistic odd. yesterday, which is strange. I mean, I he did have an injury on the, in the on last an active game, right? list, though. Yeah, I, I don't think so. Either. That's kind of weird. I mean, usually you would see him on special teams at least. Right. Maybe he was banged up. I'm not sure, but we're going to need him. I know that. Right. All right, let's move on to the secondary. Uh, they are a position right now that injuries happen in the NFL, and th- th- we've been decimated. Uh, I think every single starting defensive back has been hurt at least once this season. Obviously, Norman's out for another three weeks. Brilliant. Came in with a hamstring and left with an MCL injury. He's questionable to play Monday night. If he does, it's going to be miraculous. Because remember, it's the same MCL that kept him out three yep. weeks in training camp. Yep. 
you know, he might decide to play just because all hands on deck in a in a division game, but um, he's banged up. Uh, my boy, <laughs> I, I'm gonna take credit for him because y'all sign me bum, so I'll, I'll take uh, Monte <laughs> Nicholson. He is a, he is a missile out there, man. He uh-huh. I I know Pierre Garcon lit him up in the game, but uh, Pierre Garcon he put his head in there. He, yeah, he took him. He took him head on. He is a missile, and that penalty he got on that first drive for targeting, I I don't have a problem with that, man. Because you know what? Terrible. You're playing center field. He gets to the edge. I mean, not a lot of safeties make that play. It wasn't targeting. It, it wasn't, wasn't targeting. Hit him with his shoulder. I know. Piss I mean, I know that. He hit we him with that. his shoulder in his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Right. Piss poor call by the ref. That call. Which is, well, we got to talk about the calls right at the end of this. Because remember, they were given a touchdown yesterday. Yeah. Um. It sucks that we have injuries, but yo. Teams got injuries, man. That's just like we watched that game. Look at how Nicholson got hurt. That's the league, man. Guys get hurt regularly. Yeah. So I, it, it changed our game plan. But listen, Quentin Dunbar. Thank you, Cliff. I was I was just about to say it. Every time we put that guy in, mm-hmm. I think <laughs> the only time I've ever seen him have troubles when he went against James Jones in that playoff game. That's because James Jones is like was like a seventeen year NFL vet. <laughs> for real. Mm-hmm. I, every time Dunbar goes out there, he 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 does all right. We yeah. put him on an island. He holds his own every single time. There's yeah, no yeah. respect. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah, he had, a, he had a great quote yesterday after the game. He says, "I respect all, but fear no one." And that's the mentality you got to have, especially when you're filling in for an All Pro cornerback, and mm-hmm. you're probably gonna get picked on. I think he got targeted 16 times yesterday. I mean, from the yeah. hold up like that. I mean, granted the receivers weren't great, but you know these are NFL wide receivers. I mean, it's, it's hard to guard them one on one, and he mm-hmm. did great. He, had, he did it's, a great. It's job. hard to get targeted that many times and not get a penalty. Mm-hmm. Right. right, right, right. Yeah, Listen. I think I think Dunbar and Spate were no Dunbar and Spate. I'm sorry, Dunbar and Fuller were two of the three highest rated cornerbacks yesterday by PFF. I mean, that's just incredible. I mean, granted, Fuller's just playing great. The opposition football right wasn't now. great, but I, I'm not gonna sit here and. and Dock them for that. That's not their problem. They go against who they go against. That's it. Hey, I don't care who they're lining up against. You got to play ball. Either way, Fuller is playing great football. Period. That people yeah. need to take notice. That that kid in that slot, from where he started out last year when he was getting ate up by the Cole Beasleys of the world, <laughs> Fuller's healthy and you can see it. He's making plays every week. Well, Most next definitely. week, next week you're probably looking at Dunbar, Fuller, Moreau out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could be much worse. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and uh, uh, hopefully those guys get back soon. But this is why you have drafts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly. why you get. That's why you get depth, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember that's a couple of years reason. ago. I mean, th- that would have been if Josh Wilson goes down, we'd be done. <laughs> I mean, you were done with Josh Wilson in there. Exactly. But, <laughs> like, but there I was mean, a time I, I like if we lost our start, we've st- lost our starting two corners. Mm-hmm. Right. I, it, there was a time when the guys that were coming in couldn't play at all. Mm-hmm. These right. these guys like. Fuller, these are these are guys that we used pretty decent draft picks on. Mm-hmm. So except for Dunbar, Dunbar has been he's been good every time he's played. It's a rare find Let, to find somebody who can switch positions on the fly and, and not you. only make the team, but but have be, an be admirable. He's competitive. Yes. I mean, you're not going to put him out there and beat him be a total liability. As much as some yes. people on Twitter want to say that Dunbar is a bum, I mean, they're, for a fourth quarterback, you could you could put in there anytime. You need, and he's not going to embarrass you out there. That's, I mean, what, what more do you want from the guy? Like Cliff said, every time he's been in the game, we've asked him to do something. He's made plays. You can't yeah. ask for more. Period. It's every time, every single time. Right. 
right? I mean, considering the injuries and considering that, I mean, they did a really good job against Brian Hoyer. He, he, they shot him all the way down. And C.J. Beathard, I mean, I don't know if people say he's a third-round rookie. Why is he eating up this defense? I mean, there's no book on him. And, and, and it's hard to beat Definitely. any quarterback in the NFL when you don't have any kind of game plan for him. Mm-hmm. So I'll give him – He I'll was not up. eating us up. I think eating us up is like a crazy – Exaggeration. Well, he completed fifty percent of his passes. One touchdown, one pick. He had a QBR of fifty-seven. <laughs> like uh, he, the touchdown he threw was on a blown coverage. Yeah, yeah. Moreau. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a blown coverage by Moreau. Nicholson came back in that game yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, he did. finished the game. We're gonna. Uh, I can't believe he came back after that play. Um, <laughs> but. When you're when you're just constantly having to bring guys in and out of the second, you know you're going to have mixed up coverages. That's it ended up happening yesterday. So yeah. I don't think that guy was eating us up. No, he averaged seven yards a pass. And like you said, we were dropping like flies on defense, so it was a lot of adjustments <laughs> right. going on out there. Especially you with the young back end, six point eight yards a cat a pass. He had a blown coverage for a TD. Mm-hmm. Come on, you didn't eat us up. Uh, like nah, and. Thank you, Kyle. You, sh- you should name him starter for the rest of the year. This is you trying to save yourself for the next season because <laughs> you're not going to win many games with that guy at QB. He's trying to show Kirk if he puts him in his offense how he can still – actually, I won't even go there. I'm not going to do it, Kirk fans. Won't do it. <laughs> uh, I, we have to mention this because week six means D'Angelo Hall is eligible to come back, and with all these injuries we have on defense, I, I don't know what shape he's in. I don't know how fast a turnaround he can make. And get ready for Monday night, but maybe that's a body you can throw out there against the Eagles, and well, just know that you have a veteran that you can put out there and play corner. You can play safety. He can just fill in and just have spot duty because you're going to need him. Gruden mentioned D Hall today too. He said he wants within these next two weeks he's coming off pup, but I don't think from the way he was talking, I don't think it's going to be this week. He said he wanted him to be 100. percent So it doesn't sound like he's 100, percent but he's about to come off pup definitely within these next two three weeks. So he will be he'll be back definitely. That's good. Good. Can we address the re- the referees? Yeah, let, let's close the show with that because they need to be talked about. Uh, just the, the calls. I mean, even on both sides, even the, the PI, which I know that Cliff was saying was offensive PI. I, I didn't see it. I don't see you, it. That's Gruden, offensive Gruden, hey, Garcon has, okay. has picked plays way worse than that that weren't That called. is the whole problem the pick play? with this stupid league. They let <laughs> offenses run Everything the, the damn Utah Jazz offense mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> that is literally the whole Patriots offense. It's it crazy. was clearly a pick play. Garcon did it on purpose, whether he would admit it or not. He even put that on that his is IG. A pick. Yeah, that's get out a of here. Pick. Clearly, clear as day. Let's talk about the, the Vernon Davis fumble. I mean, that that's a, a bigger sticking point that we need to talk about. I mean, I think anybody with two operational eyes could see that Vernon Davis was down, and well, you, you could have lost the game on that play. I mean, if you really think about it, the Redskins were up nine. They couldn't up 16 because that touchdown really shouldn't have happened. Nope. Now you're down to the last second. You you, you get lucky on the PI and you, your defense, you know, holds firm and, and keeps them out of field goal range. But that play, that call could have been the deciding factor in a, in a win and a loss. At this point, why do we have review? There's no way anyone could have looked at that play yesterday and told me Vernon Davis wasn't down. So at this point, they might as well get rid of the instant replay because it's, it's, it's pathetic. Week, week one, it's pathetic. Period. It's pathetic. Week run. Week one, we had the Cousins fumble. That wasn't a fumble. It's ridiculous. No one thought it was a fumble. It's, it's kept. Yesterday, that's not a fumble. It's not. 
And y'all saw me yesterday. I I was sick. <laughs> I was getting ready to hit DEFCON 1 when they called that. Um, <laughs> that I mean, what's no, the non-reversal? I was. What is the stat for the 49ers? What's this, five straight games? They lost by five or less? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you had given them a touchdown in any mm-hmm. of those other four games, they would have wins. Definitely. If you literally just gave them a touchdown. Yep. Which is essentially what the refs did yesterday. If mm-hmm. you gave anyone a touchdown in a lot of the games that were played yesterday, you would have completely different results. The Chiefs were begging for someone to give them a touchdown in the first half of that game yesterday when they had like 20 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. How different is that game if a play is called a fumble when it's clearly yep. not and it's scored yep. on? We got lucky, man. Like, that yeah. is. It's unacceptable, honestly. Yeah. And you know the league. You know the league. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know what the league's going to do. They're going to send us a note on Wednesday mm-hmm. to Redskins Park. <laughs> Unfortunately, we made the wrong call. We're sorry. It's like, come on, man. They, they need to do something to change that. It, it's pathetic. It really is. It's pathetic. Oh, I'm just waiting for the day when one of these calls costs the Redskins a really big game. Yep. Because because I'm gonna have to roll to Dean Blaine, Dino's house and and stand there in his front yard demanding answers. What are y'all doing? Like, what I'm waiting for the day. Thinking about that. There's a review. Where we get the benefit of a bad review. Ever since Gruden got here, he's used to always, it now. We review something. Mm-hmm. It's clearly supposed to come out on our end, and it doesn't. The first game of the season ended on a play like that. So it's getting annoying, man. Mm-hmm. It really is. And that was a game that would have been ended on the. I think that was the, the, in, a, in an NFL game where it's two teams that are separated in terms of talent like yesterday, that drive is the drive that probably ends the game. Mm-hmm. It goes back to being a 16-point game. And then you're getting – or 17-point game. Sorry, as Dustin Hopkins. And then Jeez. the game is over from that point forward. Instead, they're given a touchdown. Completely changes the game. They need to do something about that, man. I feel like – didn't they change something where they look when they review the plays now? Like, they got these little – the, the fake iPads were all the rest it's reviewed in New York, right? But how was that reviewed in New York and you still missed the call? I don't understand that. It's more than one set of eyes in New York. There's a couple people sitting there watching these replays. But then again, you know, who knows? Maybe maybe Jerry Jones has somebody in the replay office. I don't know. It, it just it doesn't make any sense to me. Because that if that had cost us that game, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, and I know it almost that, did. I know the sentiment around the league has got to be the same. I mean, for, it's, it's for them to bad. introduce instant replay, and you think, okay, it'll slow the game down. But you know what? At least it'll correct the all call these right. bad calls. They're still missing calls. Basic they have calls. Dean Blandino and Mike Pereira on the, on Fox and CBS or whatever explain to us why these calls are correct or incorrect. I, I don't care about that. I know what my two eyes see. Vernon Davis was down yesterday. It, anybody could have seen it. Anybody. Well, you know what it's done? It's put a lot of money in Mike Pereira's pocket. Because mm-hmm. now he's, for reasons I don't understand, there's a ref in the booth of football news. <laughs> so I guess that's the benefit they've gotten from this. I used to be a big fan of replay. I despise replay. It's, it's pathetic. It's, it's pathetic. I can't stand it. It's pathetic. So get rid of it. If you, like, if it's here to get calls right and calls aren't, we're not getting yeah. calls right. Basically, we're just stopping it. games for no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Like, get rid of it. We don't even know what it catches anymore in this league because nope. of replay. Yep. So, <laughs> what has been the benefit, really? Luckily, it didn't kill us, man. We got the victory because that could have hurt us. Right. Mm. Mm. Well, no. sorry, Cliff. Go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say, there's only one team I know that's completely thankful for the existence of replay, and that's the New England Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> like, literally, if there wasn't replay, they wouldn't exist in the way they do. So. Did you see that Austin oh, Severian Jenkins play yesterday? I don't know I, how in the I keep world. hearing about that, but what happened? I did not. I haven't seen the replay. What happened? I mean, long story short, they said he, what, like, double fumbled or, mm-hmm. and didn't possess the ball, and they gave a touchback to the – I mean, I saw the play. It, it, it's inexcusable to miss a call like that, to give the Patriots the ball on a touchback when he clearly had bro- broke the plane, like, cover, mm-hmm. recovered his own fumble mm-hmm. in the end zone. It, it, to me, it was clear, but – I don't know. So he was going into the end zone, and then he fumbled. He was going into the end zone. I think he fumbled, recovered his own fumble. They said that he didn't possess it long enough, and it went out of bounds, oh and they gave the gosh. ball as a touchback to the Patriots. Yeah, and the final score of that game, 24-17 Patriots. Jeez. <laughs> man. Mm. It's, it's appalling, man. It, 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 there's no other word for it besides just it's appalling because mm. refs get a lot of grief around the NFL because fans are passionate, and they want, you know – where are our calls? Where are our calls? But there's no reason for you to missing calls with, God damn it, you have iPads on the field. You have eyes in New York. How are y'all missing calls? Man, F these refs. When we had the replacement <laughs> refs, when the replacement refs were out there, these are the same refs that were running on the ESPN to tell us everything replacement refs were doing wrong. Mm-hmm. Every single week. I remember. Every single week we treated the replacement refs like they were the talk of every game. Mm-hmm. These refs have come back; they blow just as many calls. Yep. yep. That replacement no. of time is the time. That's when I was like, you know what? I used to give refs benefit of the doubt. I'm not giving it to them anymore because these dudes yeah. are on TV ripping these refs for calls that they blow weekly. Yep. Costing teams games out here, but man. that stupid. It was the Packers Seahawks game that changed everything. Right after when the refs came back mm-hmm. after that Monday night game, mm-hmm. like we haven't seen them blow calls in that scenario every week. All right, well that's all I have for you guys tonight. Thank you again so much for being with us. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Fifty Gut Blog, and on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Fifty Gut. And remember, we're now on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, and Google Play. So follow us. Like us, subscribe, tell a friend, tell a friend, because the podcast is everywhere. Guys, thank you again so much for being with us, man. I appreciate it. Holla. Peace. Peace.